A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 104 of Confessions of a Marketer, things are never as good or as bad as they seem. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. David C. Baker is in here to chat about building an agency. But boy, it doesn't stop there. He's got a fascinating story to tell, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Coming soon, Carmen Perry on the biggest challenges for marketers. Plus, we'll have Rich Lyons on marketing the holidays, a couple of discussions on conversion, one with John McDonald and another with Justin Christensen, Chris Stefanik on storytelling, Curie Masters on marketing and Amazon, and Nathan Hirsch on finding the right freelancers. We've got lots more in store. Should be a fun few months here on Confessions of a Marketer. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, back to David C. Baker. David grew up in Guatemala, learned multiple languages, thought he'd be an academic and then built an agency. It's a rich story that David shares. In this part of our chat, we have a bit of a philosophical discussion and then talk about how his skills, including being a pilot, prepared him for building an agency and being the expert's expert. As an entrepreneur, he says he thinks like a pilot. Things are never as good or as bad as they seem. Words to live by. This is one of those discussions I could listen to over and over again. Hope you enjoy this as much as I did. So let's get to it. David, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's great having you here. Thank you. Do I might even have to really do confessions or just confessions about marketing? Yeah, well, I grew up Catholic, so it's just <laughs> part of my being, you know? <laughs> confessions make you feel warm and safe. Right. Okay. I'll make you do two Hail Marys and an act of contrition afterwards. So. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to being on your podcast. Same here. I've been looking forward to having you. 
I'm fascinated by your background. Can you tell me about it and how you went from growing up with a Mayan tribe in Guatemala to building an agency? Yeah, kind of strange. I would guess most people that are running agencies had zero training for that. I'm certainly one of those. Well, my parents were medical missionaries. So dad did dental work, mom did nursing work, and they also both did literacy work. And so we lived in this very remote village, no running water, no electricity, barely any roads, no stores. I went there when I was four. So obviously I got dragged there as a kid. I didn't resent it at all. I actually loved it. And then didn't come to live in the U.S. and enter I guess you'd call formal schooling until I was 18. So all of my early life was there, and it was just a fantastic experience. Were you living in a real house, or were you in, what were your accommodations like down there? You're, you're picturing me being raised by wolves, aren't you? I can tell. You just <laughs> no, didn't no, want to I'm say just, that. I'm just interested. My, my daughter has traveled on Outward Bound to... Oh, yeah. I know that program. ...to Central America, to Panama, mm-hmm. and to other areas down there, and... The local life can be pretty much at the mercy of the elements. Yes, certainly. We lived, it was actually a bigger home than I would have expected if I hadn't been there myself. And it was actually two stories, but the lower story was adobe, those huge mud bricks. And then there was a wood kind of frame put on top of it. And the weather was pretty temperate. We were at 7,500 feet above sea level. So it never got super cold or super hot, which was good because we didn't have any heating or cooling, obviously. We did have fireplaces and we were out of the elements. It was a tin roof and very comfortable. Yeah. Do you think the kind of rich experiences you've had help make you a better marketer, better agency owner, and able to kind of relate to the world a bit better? I think if I pull apart your question a little bit, I would say the answer is yes to the last part, to see the world a little bit better, because I'm constantly trying on the advice that I hear to see if it actually works beyond our particular particular parochial geographic area. And a lot of times it doesn't. You almost have to have this belief underneath your perspective on marketing. Are people largely the same everywhere. They're influenced differently, but are they the same? And so the U.S. is such a island in the world, and it's not the center of the world in my mind. So I'm a guy that actually had to wait a week for his mail. I actually sent telegrams at three cents a word. It's almost like a real Western movie. So when I see, or you're even marketing, Every Sunday in our little village, there was a market in the town square. It was called a mercado, and it was called a market. And here I am helping marketing firms. So I understand how that trade works. You build up surplus, you exchange it for things you don't make. And yeah, it's very different. But in terms of the first part of your question, I don't know. I do know that I have a very different perspective on life. And I welcome that, but I think it may be frustrating to some people the trope I hear all the time is just do what you love and success will follow. And I just think that's such bull. It just, <laughs> it's not true at all. There are a lot of people doing what they love that are failing miserably. And there are a lot of people who don't have the option of doing what they love. They got to leave the hut in the morning and work in the cornrows in the field because if they don't, they're going to starve to death. So this idea that we're such an entitled nation, I do have a very different perspective. Whether people think it's better Ah, you'd probably have to ask them, I would guess. Yeah, so I've got more questions I want to ask about your background and so forth, being a pilot. 
But it just occurs to me, what was your career path that took you from that village in Guatemala to starting and running an agency? Originally, I was intending to follow in my parents' footsteps. So I was going to be a Protestant missionary. I didn't quite have my arms around the religious side of that. (laughs) That's a nice way of putting it. So it was very early in my career path that I decided that wasn't for me. But I did really love language. I grew up speaking three fluently and then learned several others along the way. And so that was going to be my passion. I was going to teach. And so the best way to learn some of those ancient languages was actually in a seminary. I was learning Syriac, Arabic, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and so on. And I was going to teach those. I was in the middle of a four-year full-time graduate program. Halfway through, I realized that I didn't have the stomach for the political side of academic life, but I was enjoying what I was learning. I was more than halfway through. I decided just to stick with it, but I had to choose a different profession. And I was, this is one of those accidental discoveries, sitting on the couch, reading the paper, looking at what I was seeing and recognizing that there was a pretty large gap, that the advertising presence in, this was a very small town in Indiana, was really poor. And I didn't see how it could be that difficult to really improve that. So I just decided to start an agency. I'd never worked at one, which I think was actually a pretty big disadvantage because I was learning, drinking from a water hose, essentially. Did that for six years. And then that led immediately into my current career in that I began to help other principals, not because I was running a brilliant firm or anything, but because I was open to learning and sharing what I was learning. And that, over a six-month period, just took over my professional life entirely. And so for the last 25 and a half years now, I've been in this business of helping other marketing firms and been doing it all over the world. So it's a really weird path. And you can connect the dots looking back, but I couldn't connect the dots looking forward back then, for sure. Yeah. Who knows what you're going to do in the future? Yeah. And how many people are doing what they were trained for in school? Fewer and fewer, I think. Yeah, I studied political science. Ah, so your parents were glad you just got a job. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) I think there are so many different ways to get to where you are in life, and very few people take the same path. That's right. That's good, too. I think it is useful still to get a formal education. What it leads to may not be exactly what you're thinking. You'll build connections that will be very useful in your business life. You'll learn discipline. You'll learn history and language, but in terms of the actual skills in the job, I'm not sure you'll learn a lot of those in school until you just dive in. Yeah, so bear with me on this next question, because you're a pilot. I am, yep. Pilots always seem to be really rock solid when you get on an airplane and you see the pilot and you go, okay, good. I'm in good hands. Yeah. You know, they're rooted in routine and checklists. One of the things I've seen, having been in marketing for more decades than I'd like to admit is that marketers often question every decision Mm. and end up back where they started. How do you use your skills as a pilot to guide your decisions or those companies that you consult with as a marketer? That's a really interesting question. I was smiling as you were asking it because of your adoration for pilots, I knew right away you'd not met many private pilots. (laughs) You've been hanging around the corporate ones. They use personality profile screening for commercial pilots, ATP they're called, air transport. Those people are chosen 
because they are a slave to process. So when something happens in the plane, the last thing they want is for the pilot to think about what to do. They want them to immediately go to a procedure. Sully, maybe the most famous pilot of the last 20 years, 30 years, didn't do what he was trained to do, right? He thought. Yeah, exactly. So some pilots actually slipped through the screening process then. <laughs> but there's a, there's a joke you can always tell. Like you never want to ride with a commercial pilot who's playing around as a private pilot for the first time because they're kind of crazy. I do think there's a pretty strong overlap. Seeing things differently for sure. There's a lot of metaphors that are really appropriate. I find myself thinking like a pilot and so much of what I'm writing and how I'm viewing data and research and so on. But The main thing that it's transferred to me that I'm really grateful for, I fly helicopters and airplanes, is this fighting down the panic thing. When it hits the fan, you cannot freeze. You have to put one foot in front of the other and do the basic things. And there are always three things you have to do, and you always have to do them in order. Every pilot knows those things. It smooths out some of the rough areas because as an entrepreneur, Things are never quite as bad or as good as they seem. And that's how pilots think. They're always a little bit wary. As a marketer, things are never quite as simple or as complicated as they seem. And you're dealing with so much data. How do you sift through the data and ignore most of it without dying because of that decision and pay attention to the key messages that are seeping up in all of that data. I think there are quite a few overlaps there. And actually, I know a lot of people in marketing enjoy flying too. I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it's the sense of freedom. Maybe it's getting away from their clients and and their employees. (laughs) (laughs) I love being in the air. I'm not a pilot, but I actually enjoy flying. Mm -hmm. I do too. The only plane I haven't been in is a glider. I've been in every other kind of plane and really found it fascinating. And I still love it. It's I even love flying drones. It's just like, wow, the whole FPV, the first person view where you're just looking down at something, it makes me feel like a bird or something. That's what I want to be. I yeah. want to be a bird. Yeah, have you flown ultralights then? Which, I have, uh, yes. They'll make you sick pretty quickly. They have very low wing loading, so they bounce around in the air a whole lot. They can drive you a little bit crazy. I did experience that. It was interesting. All right, next time, David is back to continue our chat, and we focus on his new book, The Business of Expertise. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.